Hi, I'm Misha Chakrabarty. Welcome to Dream Awakening, a podcast where we have authentic conversations with people living with purpose. This podcast is also available in Spanish as Despertando Sueños con Misha Chakrabarty. Today, we're joined by Diana Weissman. Diana dreams of finding peace in the present. An Argentine rock song dubs Buenos Aires the city of fury, and Diana has lived through it all. From being bullied as a child for being tall and wearing glasses, to a debilitating spine injury as an adult, to the ever-present ups and downs of inflation, to the pandemonium of the prolonged pandemic that required her to postpone her wedding, she has seen more than her fair share of chaos. This external turmoil moved her to seek a deeper, more internal peace. This took a number of different forms, from therapy, to the community she found in her Taekwondo classes, to a number of different artistic pursuits. This resulted in a shift where Dai looks less to find fulfillment in her plans for the future and more to savor the simple pleasures and appreciate the joys of today, particularly her physical and emotional health. Today, Dai enjoys all types of creative endeavors and is an avid baking enthusiast. She has come to understand that she doesn't have control over what the universe may throw at her and what may happen to her body, yet she finds a sense of agency in intentionally choosing how she wants to nourish herself. She also delights in the culinary process, from figuring out a way to make something delicious based on what she has on hand, to savoring the meditative flow as she folds, kneads, whips, and rolls, to feeling the love when she shares her food with people she cares about. As for her wedding, her plans have changed a number of times and the details are still up in the air, but the quarantine has brought her and her partner even closer together, so it's only a matter of when, not if. On a personal note, I have had the divine joy of sampling Dye's delicious pastries and they are absolutely delectable. You can see what she's up to in the kitchen on her Instagram at migatococinero, that's M-I-G-A-T-O-C-O-C-I-N-E-R-O. If you want to listen in Spanish, Dye also appears on season one of the Spanish podcast, Despertando Sueños, so please check out her episode. Let's welcome Diana Weissman. Hi, Di. How are you? How are you feeling today? Hey, Mish. Doing well. You know, just a regular Saturday. A regular <laughs> Saturday. Well, I have to say, this is a more exciting Saturday than normal for me because I'm talking to you and I'm seeing your beautiful face. So, so thank you for making my Saturday better. It's always my pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you. And to see your beautiful face as well. Oh, Di, you always know what to say. That warms my heart. <laughs> well, I'm just going to dive right in because we always have so much to talk about. I'm going to just get right down to it. So, Di, tell me, what are your dreams? That's an interesting question. And I got to say, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I have no idea. At this point, I don't know, almost the end of the year, after being locked down at home for a year mm. or so, um, I don't know what, what my dreams are. I don't know what what to expect 
of the future. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, I know I want to, you know, live my healthy life. I want to stay active. I don't always feel active, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah, I don't know what my dreams are at this point. It changes. I gotta say on a daily basis because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe one day I'm like yeah I want to learn uh, a new language I want to learn French mm-hmm. and then the following day I don't know maybe I dreamt about something ugly and I'm like F it I don't want anything <laughs> at all I just want to go to sleep um, or yeah I want to to go to the gym and and be super active and mm-hmm. lose a couple kilos, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then the following day is, F it, get me some pizza, <laughs> and, you know, so I don't know, I don't know what, what my dreams are today, um, other than try to stay as healthy, positive as I can possibly be that day. Because it's a day-by-day type of thing. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that, um, honestly, so many people listening will will really, that will really resonate with them no matter where in the world that, where in the world you are. I think everyone's dreams, um, so far on the podcast, everyone I've spoke to have said their dreams have changed throughout their life. and it can be from year to year, but as you said, it can be from day to day. So we're all in constant flux all the time, and especially with this new situation that the world has never really encountered before. So that makes complete sense. Um, I, I also want to say I really appreciate your your honesty because I think a lot of the time, you know, especially in this this culture of social media that we're in where everyone has, you know, puts a Valencia filter on their life. Everything always looks so, so pretty and optimistic all the time, but really, you know, that's, that's not how life is. So, so really thank you for sharing how you feel. Um, And as a bit of context, Di and I are both in Argentina and we've had kind of one of the, we've been in the, in a quarantine for about, I think, eight months now so after that amount of time it definitely starts to starts to wear on you after a while um Di can you talk a little bit about you talked about how your dreams um have changed kind of on a day-to-day basis can you maybe talk about kind of your dreams before or at the beginning of the quarantine (laughs) and kind of your dreams now and and how they've evolved and maybe how your perspective has shifted definitely so um, let me give you some context. Mm-hmm. Before the the pandemic situation started, I was planning my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so around August or September, I cannot even remember <laughs> last year. <laughs> um, we set a date. So I got engaged, and we set a date um, for the wedding. So I was planning, you know, getting the ideas for my dress, mm-hmm. looking for a venue. Um, thinking about the music, about the food, and mm. I love food, so that was something that I was really enjoying. And all of a sudden, boom, you're inside your house and you cannot go out. And maybe you can just go out to to buy some groceries, but you're you're frightened. Mm. Um, you don't know what what 
that virus is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of information and no information at the same time. So you're kind of, um, yeah, it's a very weird and kind of extreme situation. You're used to going out, um, seeing your friends or planning your wedding for that, um, you know, that's what I was doing. It was kind of a full-time job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I was super excited. But then, you know, in March, you don't expect that in September you would still be in the same situation. So you were like, yeah, okay, um, let's continue planning and let's continue dreaming about this beautiful day where you'll be surrounded by those that um, that want to be there, that want to enjoy that moment with you and to share, uh, you know, the feeling, the, the happiness, mm-hmm. the all the good wishes and then months went by and all those all that excitement was turning into fear maybe fear is not the word but um they were turning to question marks Mm. (laughs) i'll just put it in that way they were turning into question marks like will this happen or not Mm-hmm. Should I continue planning? Should I continue paying? You know, because right. uh, that was a huge thing. You can te- and also for the, the audience, um, inflation mm. is very common in Argentina. So yes. if you can pay something before it gets more expensive, do it. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, you wouldn't know if that event would even happen. So you were like, should I pay? Should I not? What do I do? Um, so my dreams changed drastically since then, because of course September it's already in the past, and I'm still not married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we moved the the wedding date for um, well next year, April. So and we moved that date back in June. So you would think. Now we are ten months out. Mm-hmm. Let's plan. Let's like let's bring all this excitement back. No, um, we are. I don't know. I I'm not good at math, but we are very close to April mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And we are still inside. You know, we are still locked down. Yeah. It's not as um, strict. You know, as um, extreme lockdown as it used to be. We are still in the same. We don't. We are still. Um, surrounded by question marks mm-hmm. um, so all that excitement is now back to that old stage of I have no idea what's going on and whether it'll be possible or when because it's not a matter of if it's when mm-hmm. you know that's at least the 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 nice part of this is that the feelings is still intact uh, we know we want to get married. We, we want to celebrate that day with all our loved ones. It's just a matter of knowing when. Um, so I can say that my dreams changed, going back to your question, from um, planning a wedding and, and the honeymoon and, and, you know, thinking about all these warm feelings and um, happiness and it was a very near-term type of dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and all those happy things to 
being healthy and being like living the present because you just don't know what's going to happen in two months, three months. You cannot plan. You cannot uh, plan ahead and then all those dreams um, ahead cause more frustration than happiness or excitement. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say that um, from a looking forward to something in the future, it changed to present date where you just want to stay healthy and try to be active and try to um, stay positive against all odds because it's kind of difficult nowadays um, having in mind all this context but yeah it changed a lot <laughs> yeah well I can imagine especially um, since as, as we said this is something that you know none of us have never really experienced in this way um, I think what you just said now is so valuable especially for um, I have, there's another podcast that, that I have in, in Spanish, Despertando Sueños, and it's funny, um, I was actually on the other podcast in Spanish, um, and it's interesting because there's actually a, a distinct difference between kind of the interviews in Spanish versus in English. I find a lot of the times just because of the different lives, lived experiences in the different cultures, a lot of the times you, that comes up in the interviews. And one of the things that Di talked about is kind of the idea of planning for the future versus living in the present and the idea of uncertainty versus stability. Um, and I think it's great that we're talking about this on the English podcast because a lot of the listeners, I think, are in the U.S. where it's easier to control things, it's easier to plan more long term. And I think it's it's really valuable what you're saying about how actually at this moment in time and really kind of always really sometimes when you plan more long term you kind of get attached to certain ideas and as the uncertainty in life comes up you realize that that actually being attached to that is is not really bringing you happiness but it's bringing you frustration and instead kind of finding abundance in the present moment is ultimately more beautiful and more fulfilling can you talk a little bit about because you have been um You've been, um, oh, I almost said conviviendo. You've been living together with, uh, with your partner for the whole quarantine. And you talk about how your, your wedding is now not a matter of, of if, but when. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, okay, the quarantine is obviously kind of very mentally, emotionally, spiritually draining for you. But can you talk about how it's actually been kind of a validation of your relationship and how it's been helped you to kind of move together in, in that way and kind of kind of make you even more sure that you wanted to get married. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, in we've been living together for two years. Wow. I think it's been two years this week, honestly. Well, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. And it's like we are so compatible in so many levels. Um, so in the past, of course, we were not living together, and still, we were we had our place, meaning you know the time that we were together. But we also respected um, that time when you are not physically with the other. Mm. So we always respected that, even 
when living together, not in a quarantine situation, but still living under the same roof, um, we also respected that, and even more so now, mm. where it's not that we also, it's not like we only live under the same roof, but we are under that same roof 24-7. Right. You yeah. know? So, um, you know, that respect for the other's space, for um, there are moments that you want to be alone and you, you need silence and you need peace. And we respect that from each other and we understand. And um, at the same time, there are moments when you need to be with that other person, your significant other. And um, yeah, we are a great team and and we un- we don't need to to talk to know what the other person is going through so we got to that point when communication is not just verbal it's um everything (laughs) and yeah i i couldn't be more sure about the fact that i want to be with him for the rest of my life and i think it's the other way around as well um so even though it's not easy to be with um somebody and i'm not going to say that that person needs to be your partner but with somebody 24 7 Mm. it's not easy it was not easy with my parents when i lived with them i'm (laughs) sure (laughs) why would it be easy um with somebody else but um it's not easy but yet it's great to know that even though we are in the same place we have it each of us has a place you know um yeah i kind of like it <laughs> oh. um, yeah i'm happy to hear that i think that that's something that's um that's very beautiful and that's something that the quarantine has really brought up for so many couples is um you find people who who've started to really face things that have been dormant for a really long time. So maybe there's been a couple who, you know, they've been able to kind of avoid certain problems that have been lurking in their relationship because, oh, you don't want to talk about it. You can just go somewhere else or you can go on a trip or you can go spend time with your friends. But now in the middle of a quarantine, you can't ignore that. And a lot of couples are breaking up as a result. So I think that really this is... um, I'm not saying that the quarantine is is something that's fun, but it is truly um, something that has really made it so that people kind of have to deal with the the issues in their relationships. And I think that it's kind of um, affirming when when you realize, oh, like we can actually, as you said, we're a good team. We're able to work through these things together um, now that we're in this close proximity. One thing that you talked about that I, I thought was really valuable and beautiful is you talked about kind of this this feeling of um, of kind of stability that comes internally when you're talking about it's not just a matter of um, it's now just a matter of when not a matter of if with with your relationship you have this internal sense of stability in the middle of this external chaos and I think that that's probably something that you've learned you've developed from kind of a younger age living in Argentina with all of the chaos from inflation. Can you talk a little bit more about 
whether with your relationship, whether with inflation, whether just with the chaos of life, how you've been able to have kind of a more internal sense of peace and stability in the middle of the chaos around you? Sure. Um, ooh, where, where should I start? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's such a broad question. I know. Mish. I know. Um, all right. Well, let's start with um, childhood. I don't know. Go for it. Okay. Uh, whew. So, you know, as a child, um, it was a struggle, a constant struggle early childhood. You know, I was, what, 10, 10 years old-ish, 10, yeah, I don't know, it's been a long time ago. <laughs> um, but it was not easy. You know, I've always been, I've always had a very strong attitude, but not in a bad way, meaning when I was somewhere, I got noticed mm. for good, for, I mean, for good things or not, but I got noticed mm. um, during my childhood specifically and, chi and children are mean. Children are mean. You know, <laughs> very mean. Yeah. Um, so if there's anything from your physical, um, you know, if you're tall, if you're um, chubby or whatever, um, during childhood, most likely it'll be a reason for bullying. Mm. And I was not the exception, honestly. Mm. Um, I've always been very tall. And during my um, childhood, I, I was also chubby. So, and wearing glasses. So <laughs> I mm. got the, the whole combo. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, I still wear glasses, but I, I love them. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to see anything. Um, <laughs> but again, um, I was very bullied during my child days and I was one thing that kept, kept me stable besides of course um, having my parents that would be there um, but the one thing that kept, kept me stable and kept me going and um, made me feel as if I belonged kind of thing was um, First, I, I went attended a lot of dance classes, but it was just dancing. And though dancing is nice, um, when I first start, started feeling like I belonged when it was when I started um, attending Taekwondo classes. Um, so I trained Taekwondo for around 14 years. Wow. And it was always the same place because it was my home, you know? Um, it was a discipline. It, it's not a sport. It's a discipline. And that place, I was surrounded by those that shared the same um, values. Crazy to say that you would find people that share the same values in a Taekwondo class. Mm. But yeah, it happened. And um, it was more like a family type of feeling. Um, the teacher particularly looked after me a lot. I first started with a ch um, children class. You know, you had the kids and the grown-ups, but I was tall. I mean, I was very <laughs> tall. And um, the teacher told me to go to the, you know, the adults class. Mm -hmm. And adults may be mean, but it's a different type of mean 
for different reasons. So <laughs> I, yeah, and, and then I was not bullied in that class right. and I was able to grow with them and to learn and to continue a path um, and that path was stable and that gave me a lot of, you know, a, a lot of room for improvement, a lot of um, room to, to feel better and, and that changed me in a way, you know. I was not the victim, hmm. or I, I don't. I've never felt like the victim. But um, if you, you know, if I went to school, I was bullied. But then I knew that I, I was going to go to these classes, and we were the same level. There was no bullying. It, it was completely different. Um, and lots of things happened. Happened. Yes. Um, after that. Um, I don't know. There's so many things <laughs> to talk about. Um, but, you know, I went to this classes, to this um, Taekwondo classes. It, it was like a family to me. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden, I started having a lot of spine issues, mm. a lot of pain, physical pain. And all of a sudden, I was not able to walk um, because, mm. you know, the pain would go, you know, would be felt um, in my legs. Wow. I couldn't walk. So I had to stop training. And at that point, I was very miserable for many reasons. I didn't have um, that kind of um, mental peace that I had in my place. And if I had any anything that I want to, um, how would you say, to get rid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, in that class, I was able to get rid of all the, those bad feelings. Yeah. Maybe just hitting one of those, how do you call them? The, the Oh, I don't uh, even know. I forgot the word the for punch. that. But yeah, punching bags, punching bags. Punching bags. Yeah. yeah. So you would simply get rid of those yeah. things by just punching Oh, definitely. The bag. That'll do it. Um, it was great. Um, but also, I didn't have that family feeling um, when going to those classes and at the same time I had physical pain so it was it was very um, difficult times which of course that that's in the past now because um, after going to several doctors and several spine specialists I met the one that um, worked on my spine my spine and I'm all good now. But during my childhood, um, I, don't, I don't even remember what the question was. Oh, it was a, well, keep going, keep going. You're doing, I, I love what you're saying. Um, yeah, so you kind of um, need to adapt to your new realities. Mm -hmm. And going from a, a, a feeling of belonging and stability stability that was the question mm -hmm. um to not having it and then having it back you learn so much from those experiences um and it might sound like like a cliche but it makes you stronger mm. um so yeah you are presented with a lot of difficulties every time and if you are 
brave enough to face them and to work around them and, you know, overcome those, um, those scenarios, if you, if you want to call them scenarios, mm. you'll be stronger. You'll, you'll be able to face similar situations in the future in a much better way. Um, and yeah, I don't know again what the question was. No, you, you answer the question. I feel, yeah, you, yeah you. I feel very stable sometimes and unstable some other times. But having that experience from my past um, helps me get to that stable stage sooner than later. I love that. I think that's beautiful. Um, I think that there are a lot of important things that you said just now. I think one of them is where your sense of stability comes from. And one of the things that kept coming up is you talked a lot about family. So you talked about kind of with your with your current partner, you have a sense of family and security there. And also with your Taekwondo classes, you had a sense of family and security. Um, that helped you deal with kind of the the bullying that was happening as a child. And I think that um, depending upon what society you come from, people look for stability in different places. And I remember growing up, I definitely was taught to look for stability in things like um, like your your work, because in the US, you definitely need, in order to have healthcare, you need to have a certain type of job, and you need to also make a lot of money to be able to be secure. So I was looking to all these external things for a sense of stability. And the problem with that is those can very quickly come crashing down, as we've seen with this pandemic. Um, and what I think is really important about what you talked about with your sense of stability is it's really coming from an internal place. It's, it's a feeling, the feeling of family that you had with your with your Taekwondo class, the feeling of family that you have with your partner. Um, I think that that is really um, the more eternal thing to return to because you always have that feeling inside of you and it's not dependent on an external situation. Um, so. I really appreciate you sharing with that. So thank, thank you for sharing that. And another thing that I really thought that was great is you talked about kind of going through moments where it's where the st stability goes away completely, like with the bullying or with your pain in your spine or with the current pandemic. And I think it's in those moments where you lose stability, where you kind of appreciate what you do have, what you always have and kind of what you have in certain moments. And there you realize that you're able to, you know, appreciate stability in moments that you have it, but also like the external stability, but kind of not depend on it for your sense of satisfaction in life. Um, so I, I love what you said about kind of, um, of what happens when, when you have something and then you lose it and then you find your way back to it, but in a different way with a different perspective. Uh, something I do want to ask you about, because, you know, when hardship happens, it is an invitation to kind of awaken, understand ourselves in a new way, or understand the world in a new way, but that doesn't always happen. Not everyone accepts the invitation. Some people run away from that and, and go in a completely different direction. Were you, um, in your experience, um, it sounds like you were able to find kind of a deeper sense of stability and clarity 
Um, can you talk a little bit about how you were able to come to that place and, and your struggle in that? Was it something that you just immediately were able to accept? Was it more of a process? Again, we're in, we're in Buenos Aires where there's a lot of therapy. Um, so that, that, I think that was probably also a part of Dai's life. Um, but can you talk about how you were able to come to that sense of acceptance or understanding and, and if it was a struggle or if it happened easily? It did not happen easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, so, yeah, therapy is huge <laughs> in Argentina. I don't know why in other places of the world people, people are afraid to admit that they go to therapy. Mm. I think um, in Argentina, it's very natural to say, I, I go to my therapy session mm. every week, every other week. Um, and that helped me a lot. At first, I did not start therapy very early in my life. Maybe if I did, it would have been easier. <laughs> But I didn't, there was, well, my mom is a psychologist and maybe that's why there was some uh, rejection mm -hmm. of that thought. Um, I also had a lot of struggles with my mom, um, but that will be for another <laughs> Another <podcast>. time. <laughs> uh, another time. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe having my mom being a psychologist, that put some kind of... Um, rejection to the thought of going to a psychologist mm. you know um, having the idea of being judged or something but when I started and that was around six seven years ago um, it was the first few sessions that rejection was still there mm. I felt like she was judging me um, and that I was going to this place to talk about my issues and my feelings, but and that she was judging what I said. One day she told me, why are you holding back? This is your safe place. You can say whatever you need to say, however you need to say it. Um, don't hold back. I'm not, I don't judge. I'm here to listen and try to help you. And that day I understood that, um, yeah, it was completely different, different from my mother. She was a psychologist again, so I was projecting everything as if I was talking to her mm. <laughs> and it was not. And then that helped me a lot. Again, I think that was one of the um, most important things that I did that helped me find because um, it also happened at the same time that I had those spine issues you know mm. um, I had two surgeries and there was about a year and a half in between um, so I was already attending um, therapy sessions when I had the second surgery and I, again I forgot what the question was but I gotta <laughs> say she helped me a lot because um, all those, um, all that struggle of going through a surgery and pain again, you know, when I had that first surgery, I had no pain whatsoever. I knew I had a long journey to recover, 
um, and, you know, recover my movements. Because, again, I have, like, six screws in my spine, and that limits movement a lot. Mm. But And I knew it was a process. But after that process, I thought it was over and that I could go back to my normal life or my new normal life because mm-hmm. it was not, you know, I already had that surgery. So it was never going to be the same, but it could be normal. And very shortly after, I was in pain again. Oh, no. Um, and it was a very similar but still different type of pain and very random it was not constant it was like if i moved in no specific way i felt this very strong and but short pain that would just you know freeze me Mm. but freeze me in so many ways not just physically but also mentally emotionally it was all coming back i mean everything was coming back and all that fear of not being able to walk again for a while and so lots of things and having that um you know going to my therapy sessions and having that safe space to say everything that's what's happening to me um even after the second surgery that helped me in so many ways so finding that inner peace Mm. all by myself wouldn't I don't think it would have been possible. Um, And I was wise enough to open my mind and accept that I needed external help. I needed somebody I can talk to openly, no filters, um, no filters in, I mean, in every aspect, you know, what I was feeling, what I thought of, whoever. Um, so no filters whatsoever that helped me and that helped me also listen to myself because sometimes you keep things inside Mm. and it's not until you say it out loud and you listen to yourself that you realize what's going on so i know that in the u.s um, therapy is not that widely accepted Mm. Um, and i would say don't worry about what everybody thinks about therapy. If it helps you, do it. It helped me. It helped me so much. Um, and I think that accepting that I have some limitations, physical limitations, because of course I cannot bend the way that I used to bend before the, the surgery and I cannot lift that much weight that I was able to do. Or there are even things that I cannot do anymore, but I accepted. And I couldn't have, I couldn't have reached that place if um, I did not accept the fact that I needed that external help. So yeah, having that inner peace, that inner stability from inside, sometimes you need external um, help. It's it doesn't come from inside out of the blue, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you get there, and you learn to find it and you learn to accept your current situation or your current state of affairs. Um, So, yeah, it was not an easy way to get to. I'm sure I can imagine. No, it it never is for anyone, um, for, for really anything. And I think that what you said just now about, um, 
about being comfortable and allowing yourself to ask for help. And that gets back to kind of what you were talking about with your sense of stability coming from family, from realizing that there, is, that there are people who can support you throughout these processes um, in your life and these, these valleys and peaks that you'll go through and realizing that there is kind of a support system and realizing that you don't need to do it all alone. Um, I, in my, in my own personal experience, I think a lot of the times that I feel the most um, stressed out in life or the most um, scared or I, I lose my sense of stability, it's when I feel that I need to do everything by myself and um, or that I feel that I don't have a sense of community. So I think that what you said about being able to ask for help and realizing that there are people in your life who can do that for you, I think is so important and not and feeling and realizing that in leaning on your community, on your family, that doesn't make you any less. That doesn't mean that you're not capable. That doesn't mean that you're not competent. That doesn't mean that you're that you are less valued or anything. You you are still you. Um, you just are are knowing yourself and and knowing where you are. And I think that gets to the second one of the other things that you said that I think is so important is knowing yourself and and also knowing who you are in general and also knowing where you are now. You talked a lot about kind of dreams shifting in life and so many things shift in life. And I, I think that what you said about kind of realizing that you needed to go to therapy and you talked about in the US, um, it might be taboo, but if you want to go to therapy, you should do it. You talked, this is going a little, you talked about initially being scared to go to therapy because you were worried that you were judged or you, you associated it with your mom. I think it is so important to think about, okay, what do I want? What, I don't care about what the world is telling me to do or what, what everyone else is doing. This is right for me, so I'm going to do it. Um, that's another thing that's coming from within, another sense of security from knowing yourself and even if the rest of the world is, is kind of, there's a disconnect between you and the rest of the world, you trusting in yourself. So I think all of those things are so beautiful and so important. And I'm really happy that you were able to, to find that, that, um, that inner peace and also that vulnerability to be able to go to therapy so that you were able to get to that point of acceptance. Because of course, that does it never comes overnight and it's it's always a process and that is the other thing i want to say i want to ask to ask you about the process because um as you mentioned your um you had two surgeries and you said there was a year and a half in between that and now we're in the eighth month of a quarantine so you've had a lot of difficult processes in your life that have dragged on for a long time and there have surely been, you know, valleys and peaks and difficult moments. Can you talk about kind of w the process and how you're able to kind of, you know, obviously there are difficult moments. There are nice moments and there are difficult moments. Can you talk about what the process is like and your ability to return to that peace or accepting when you're not in, the, in peace? And tell us all about the messy process, Di. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, 
You know, I think that, and I don't know if it's what the answer you're looking for, but I think that a lot of times I need to kind of shut my brain, mm. <laughs> stop thinking, stop overthinking, mm. stop imagining situations. You know, just a couple weeks back, I was in pain again. Oh. Um, spine or spine-ish area because um, bones don't hurt. Mm. But, uh, or maybe, I don't, I don't know, maybe they do. Anyways, um, so at that point, like a few weeks back, I'm not saying last year, um, I needed to find a way to stop thinking about the fact that I was not able to, I, I was not going to be able to walk again or mm. not going to be able to, you know, do my normal life. Um, and I, all this um, ideas coming back to me. So one of the things that I no, I normally do be, besides going to a doctor hmm, mm. <laughs> and trying to, to get an answer because not knowing, I think that's the worst part, not knowing um, gives you a lot of room to think about stuff. <laughs> and sometimes you don't want to think about stuff. That's for sure. <laughs> you've been um, so after going to the doctor, um, one of the things that I did was going to the doctor, lots of doctors. Um, but another, other kind of therapy, if you will, is doing creative things, mm. you know, um, cooking is one of them and one that's been with me for a very long time. I've never taken cooking classes, <laughs> cooking classes, but, um, you know, after going through these um, periods, like valleys uh, of pain, of struggle, and, and so on, um, one thing that I realized is the healthier you are, the better you feel. And although I'm not able to control whether I get an illness or um, so external, type of things I can control what I eat what's in my food how it's cooked uh, what are the, the the nutrients I don't know if I, I said it yeah. right that are you know that I put in my system so that part I can control and I started cooking um, and I really like sweet stuff um, anything that's sweet it's good for me uh, <laughs> But then a lot of sugar is not good. So, you know, finding that balance and also using that creative space, you know, thinking about the flavors and how they combine and how to, you know, put those things together and create something that is great. It's wonderful. It gives you satisfaction. It gives you immediate satisfaction because sometimes you need immediate satisfaction. <laughs> um, and more in time of crisis mm. you need to stop that bad feeling that that sadness or that struggle and you need satisfaction immediately some people like to buy stuff some people like to do stuff i like to cook <laughs> and um yeah and i started cooking a lot of um healthy food and also very much connected to fitness as well you know having in mind 
how much protein there is, how much carbs, how much, I don't know what else, fat, and so on. So, um, and also, a lot other things that give me immediate satisfaction is my pets, mm. my cats. Um, in addition to being with my partner and my family, you know, things that we've already talked about. Mm. And then I combined the two. I combined cats. You know, looking at pictures and videos of cats, they will always make you laugh. <laughs> they will always make you smile. It's something that you cannot control. You, you have a bad day, you look at a video of a cat doing something funny, and you're laughing. And it's amazing. Um, so if, And then one day I imagined, if I can combine cats, and then food. I then I created this um, account, Instagram account. Um, so it's in Spanish, Mi Gato Cocinero, which is my cat. Cook, cook, cat. Yeah, I don't. You can. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I kind of shared all those invented recipes. Also, I, I, I don't want to be an influencer. That's something I don't want to do. I don't like to share my private life. But I do want to document and share those creations that gave me, you know, immediate satisfaction, immediate pleasure. Um, and if one day I don't know what to cook, I can always go back to my Instagram account and look for it. Um, so that's one of the things I do now. Also, um, I don't even know how to how to call it in English. Um, those headpieces is that how you call it? Headpieces. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, for example, this <laughs> I'm showing you in the camera. Yeah. Um, so headpieces. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that is very much connected to this, you know having my wedding sometime soon. So that is connected. That creation process is connected to that where I try to create my own head pieces so that I can wear it at my wedding. I have a lot of them, but I will only get married once. So I don't know what to do with the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'll do with them. But at least the creation process is like meditation. You know, you, you get to admit... Um, to some state of meditation. So all those thoughts that are going through your head, all those negative um, feelings, they are put aside and you get to this creative um, status or a creative mood that um, it changes you. It changes the way you're feeling. When you finished that creative process, you're in a different state. And yeah, that helped me as well. And also studying. Studying has been a very um, important activity in my life. Um, and now, you know, today, even it's, I started today, I started studying web development, nice. which is completely unrelated to my professional career. Mm. But then it's starting from nothing and creating something new. And that process is amazing. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that. I think um, 
it it just goes along with kind of what we're talking about. But I think a lot of the time, at least, again, I keep talking about the differences between the U.S. and Argentina, but I'm from the U.S., they live in Argentina. What do you expect? (laughs) Um, But at least the way I grew up, I, I feel like a lot of the times we have this sense of control that comes from controlling our external situation. And we think that we have more control over our external life than we really do. We think that we can, you know, perfectly order our houses and, you know, make sure that we get the right education to get this type of job. And then ultimately we don't have control over those things. Um, But I also think we underestimate the ability and the agency that we have over our internal life. Because a lot of the times, at least in English, we say, you made me feel that way. And really, no one can make you feel anything unless you accept that for yourself. So I love about what you just shared is it really highlights the ability we have to, I don't really like the word control, but I'm going to just use it here to illustrate a point. Like you really do have the control to kind of create your own internal environment. You can you can really determine how you're going to feel. Um, and I love how, how you talked about that with your projects um, because really, you know, these, these feelings of, um, of, you know, fear that come from these external situations, that will probably just happen naturally. It's a very human emotion to experience. But what, what you talked about just now, Di, that I love is, okay, this is kind of part of life. These feelings are going to rise naturally. But what can I do that will put me in this meditative state, as you said? And what I love is you talked about all these different things that you can do, whether it's cooking, whether it's making these headpieces, whether it's coding, all of these things, you're able to create something beautiful. Um, and while you're creating something beautiful, it puts you in this relaxed state. And um, again, exactly what you're saying about the process. Um, it's really kind of a combination of the two. And I think that, you know, we really do have the ability to kind of create this inner peace for ourselves in, in a way that we we might not realize. There's kind of this inner abundance that all of us have that, that we don't necessarily realize. Um, one of the things that I love, and I love how organically kind of some of these things arose. You talk about, you know, everyone loves cat videos. Who doesn't love cat videos? I love a good cat video. Um, so you love those, as does every human, and you love cooking, and you kind of had the inspiration to put those things together. And I think, and for example, you have your wedding coming up, and you then had the idea for the headpieces. So I think um, it's really beautiful how all of these things can come up organically, and I think a lot of the times um, we might put pressure on ourselves to kind of create in a specific way when really kind of if we open ourselves up to these things, life kind of just organically drops them in our path as, you know, as as we go through life. Um, so I love how those kind of just came to you, came to you naturally. Um, you, so I, you said a lot of really beautiful things. And now I'm kind of at a loss for words. Um, can you talk a little bit more about kind of um, about kind of the, the feeling that you have as you create? You talk a little bit about instant gratification. And I think we see a lot of instant gratification in social media. But you talked about how you 
don't want to be an influencer. Um, and I think that's another great example of how you see these things in the world. You see everyone on Instagram wanting to be an influencer, but that's not you. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of the place from which you're creating kind of the feeling, the meditative state that you feel when you create and, and what that's like? It puts me in, you know, it, it's very, um, a very singular type of feeling. Mm. Um, so for example, when I cook, um, I know that I want something sweet, for example. Mm. And I would say that 90% of the times that I cook is sweet stuff. Um, so I know that I'm, I'm maybe, I'll just say craving. I'm craving mm. for something sweet, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I don't know what's going to be the result of what I'm going to create. So, of course, I'm always limited to what I have in my kitchen. So if I, I don't know, um, have an orange and say, hmm, okay. And I start, like, I start my creative process with no idea in mind. I, I know proportions because otherwise there wouldn't be a result. But I know that, for example, if I, I put this amount of um, liquid, then I need this amount of solid. And so that part, it's not as creative because if you need, if you want to get to a result, um, especially when cooking, you need to know proportions. <laughs> um, but then once you have that proportion in mind, the solid and the liquid is all about imagination, mm. you know? So it, it puts you in a very strange um, state. You don't know what to expect as, a, as an end result, but you look forward to it. I'm like, yeah, th this will combine. This will be <laughs> great. Or I don't know what's going to... I don't know how this will taste, but let's see what happens. Um, that That's what happens when I cook. And I kind of feel some pressure because um, it's not only for me. It's not like I will be the only person eating <laughs> that project. <laughs> um, but the more um, gratitude, gratitude I get when that result that you wouldn't know what to expect is so good that um not only you because you eat it but also those other people that eat that the result of your project celebrate it is so great mm. it's like it takes you even further <laughs> um yeah i love that so yeah it, it it is really amazing, um, and I think that that kind of, um, how to say it, that makes the feeling even stronger the next time that you, you go through a different project. Mm. Even though it's, the, it's still cooking, um, you know that it, it not only benefits you, and that creative process, but it also gives satisfaction to someone else. So, yeah, it, it's really nice. It's a it's a very nice experience. And if whoever is listening um, has never cooked anything, go for it. Mm. 
it's it's a wild experience the first few times but um again once you get the proportions right it gets better mm. <laughs> better and better well i have to say i am someone who has had the joy of of trying dyes cooking <laughs> and baking and it was an absolute it was an absolute joy it was so tasty it was delicious so um I feel very lucky to have had um, some of her, I think some of her, what were they, cakes or like maybe carrot cake or, or banana bread or something. I don't remember what it was. I just remember it was so tasty. So I can attest to and the- pumpkin. Yes. Oh, pumpkin. Yes. Oh, so good. Um, <laughs> but I think that, that gets right back to kind of what you're talking about with, with family. And I think it also goes to kind of a sense of purpose. A lot of the times- People talk about, you know, like being a musician or being a famous chef or something because you want to be, you want fame or you're thinking about your reputation or you think about money. Um, but I think ultimately you're not going to really be able to create on a long term, in the long term, unless you're doing it for the right reasons. So I think that what you said about kind of having a sense of purpose of wanting to share this, these beautiful creations with people in your life, I think is so beautiful and meaningful and I think that's why you're able a big part of why you're able to make such wonderful and, and delicious creations so thank thank you for sharing them Di I have to say um, and thank you thank you of course well I have to say I also really loved what you said about um, about kind of the joys of the unknown and the unexpected in the creative process because here we are, we spent an hour talking about all the, the frustrating unknowns of life, but we can also see how in the creative process, the unexpected can actually be a truly beautiful thing. Um, and I think what you said is it's very similar to what you're talking about kind of with the feeling of family. You kind of already have this internal feeling. You have this internal idea of what you want to manifest. You want to manifest something sweet and delicious that you want to share, and you also have kind of you know, the, the limitations of your what's in your pantry. So that kind of gives you a sense of structure and the knowledge of, okay, how to cook. But then once you have those parameters, you don't know exactly what is going to emerge. And I think that is kind of the beauty, the beauty of the unexpected and to allow yourself to to let your Im imagination flourish and to to be surprised and have a sense of wonder. And I think that, you know, like you said, this creative process is a really nice way of of finding joy in the time that we live in and i think that you know in a time where you know maybe you don't necessarily have a dream or your dream changes day day to day and people are so cynical i think it's so beautiful that you're able to find a sense of wonder and a sense of joy and a sense of kind of surprise and like a happy surprise in the unexpected in the creative process so Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people, especially at a time like now, are maybe having trouble finding joy and, and feeling like it's difficult, but really kind of that abundance does exist within you if you kind of allow yourself to, to let it emerge. So thank you for sharing that. That, that was a wonderful ray of, of sunlight. <laughs> I'm glad that you liked it. And whenever you don't know what to cook, let me know. I'll give you some ideas. I love that. I will take you up on that die. Um, 
I also wanted to one more thing that we talked about that you talked about just now is um, talking about the sense of okay I don't necessarily know um, I'm kind of limited by what's in my pantry and I think a lot of the times we think of these limitations as a bad thing but really kind of as you shared they can be an opportunity to be creative in a new way for example right now I don't have a very big apartment. My apartment is kind of small. So that means I've had to get creative with how I store things so that my space is really um, a better use of everything. So really, kind of a lot of the times, limitations can be invitations to creativity. So thank you. I really loved, loved that part of your story. Um, so I've been asking, I've been asking so many questions today, Di. I'm, I'm the one asking all these things. Um, and I feel like we've been on this wonderful kind of roller coaster. We talked about kind of challenges with COVID, challenges with health, challenges with bullies. But then we've also talked about beautiful, unexpected things and the creative process. We've talked about kind of community as kind of having a nice kind of a nice way to anchor us through all these insecurities in life. So after all of my questions, I will, I'd like to, uh, to open, the, open it up and invite you. Do you have, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? Any last words of wisdom that you'd like to impart? The floor, the floor is yours. Oh, last words of wisdom. Nice. Um, I, I will just say, if you need immediate satisfaction, if you need something that will change the way you're feeling immediately, whatever that is, do it as long as it doesn't hurt you or hurt people around you. Mm. Um, but also, if there is anything that, um, though it does not, it, it is a process maybe it is a creative process um, but it will take you to where you want to be doesn't matter if you need if that process is hard and it's um, long just go for it because once you get there it's the feeling is you know 100 times stronger than that immediate satisfaction um, so yeah, there are sometimes that you don't want to seem, even try because you are in that dark stage or that dark mood, mm. um, or you're tired, allow yourself to be tired, allow yourself to be grumpy or sad. Mm. Um, sometimes you, you also need that. You'll, sometimes you need to be on a valley to get to the peak. So I've been through many valleys. I've been through many peaks. Um, but the important thing to have in mind is that at some point you find that balance, that stable um, feeling that will help you get through your day, through your dark times, you know, COVID. <laughs> um, we're not expecting that, but that was a test. And if if you're willing, you know, to go through those hard moments or difficult moments, um, difficult moments will arise 
multiple times in your life. It happened to me. It happened most likely to you as well, Mish. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you learn to embrace it, if you learn to, to go through those times, it will get easier. So, yeah. For some reason, you go through them. Maybe you don't get it now. I don't get it why we're going through COVID mm-hmm. period right now. I I think it's like a science fiction type of movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe 10 years from now, um, I'll get it. I don't know. One day I will. Mm. <laughs> well, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think um, you just have so many wonderful words of wisdom, die. I think that what it is so important, what you said about being patient with yourself and realizing that it's okay to be, to be feeling down and that you don't need to be doing something all the time, I think, depending upon what culture you live in, we, we can easily forget that. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that is so important. And also what you just said now about COVID, you know, we don't necessarily have the answers. We don't understand everything. And in life, a lot of the times we never understand why something happened and just accepting that. I think, oh, so, so many beautiful things, so many words of wisdom. Um, thank you for sharing those. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared, for opening up, for being honest, for not being scared to talk about difficult things um, because we've all gone through difficult things in life no matter what it is. And... I think talking about the hard things and not just the the beautiful Instagram version, I think is so important because it will make other people feel less alone in life. So thank you so much for sharing and for being here, Di. Of course. I love you, Mish. You're just um, such um, a person that I can talk about anything. Um, So... I always love talking to you. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Jai. I always love talking to you, and that that really means that means a lot to me. Well, I, I really appreciate that. You can't see this, but Di and I are making like little heart shapes with our hands. These these are the th- this is I need to mo- I need to do a, a, like a YouTube version of this podcast soon because you're missing out on all of you're missing out on part of the love. But yeah, there's there's a lot of love. So thank you so much, Di. Um, and I hope we're able to reunite again very soon. I hope so. Oh. I hope so very much. Me too. Well, take care, and I will see you on the other side, Die. Thank you. Bye. Mwah. We just heard from Diana Weissman. I had a wonderful time chatting. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. This helps support the podcast and get more amazing guests like Di. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. To hear the podcast in Spanish, search Despertando Sueños con Misha Chakrabarti. As I mentioned, Di appears on season one of the podcast, and you can also find her on her Instagram at Migato Cocinero, which is at M-I-G-A-T-O-C-O-C-I-N-E-R-O. You can also find me on Instagram at Misha underscore Chakrabarti. That's M-I-S-H-A underscore C-H-A-K-R-A-B-A-R-T-I. Or on my website, MishaChakrabarti.com. Take good care. <laughs>